Mike Gibson and Peter Smits coming to you live from ACC 2017 talking about non-culprit artery revascularization in STEMI. When I was a young man, Peter, I had invented the Timmy frame count and in the development of it, I turned to a tech and I said, I want you to go to all the STEMI films and calculate the frame count in the uninvolved artery because um, we had studied normal arteries and the frame count was 21 and normal. And she came back to me with tears in her eyes practically and said, you know, I think I'm doing it wrong uh, because the frame count uh, in the uninvolved artery uh, was 34. It was 40% slower than uh, normal. And I went and I looked at the films and sure enough, flow in the uninvolved arteries was distinctly abnormal compared to normal. And so it's been interesting for me to watch this saga over the past uh, 25 years now of this non-involved artery. Maybe it is a little more involved than we thought, you know. It clearly is involved uh, downstream where the microvasculatures intersect. Uh, and so it's always been hard to tease out, you know, is it shared microvasculature? Is there really anything going on there? Many times the flow is slow and there's no stenosis. But you've done a very beautiful study looking at FFR-guided revask in those uninvolved arteries using FFR. Tell us a little bit about it. Indeed. Um, well, indeed, the Compare-Q trial is all about FFR-guided complete revascularization uh, versus an infarct artery-only treatment arm in multivessel STEMI patients. Um, and just to back up, how often do people have multivessel disease in STEMI versus single approximately uh, 40 50% it's between 40 and 60% let's say approximately 50% mm -hmm. of all our STEMI patients presenting to the cat lab for primary PCI have uh, multivessel disease defined as uh, a 50% stenosis or more mm -hmm. in a non-infarct related artery mm -hmm. and um, and in fact it's a, it has been a clinical dilemma for for a long time what to do with those lesions um, in the past guidelines always told us that we should not uh, attack those lesions acutely, um, we should defer from them, um, whereas recently some studies, uh, small size studies, show that if you treat those lesions aggressively based on angio, mm -hmm. then you might have better outcome in, in, in the composite outcome of major adverse cardiac events. Mm -hmm. um, but that's, these were angiography guided. Mm -hmm. And, um, and um, the, in the acute setting, FFR was not yet investigated, and we did that. And whether, whether, whether it is, is justified to do it, whether it is um, good to do such a thing, um, um, I think it is, because first of all, there was a previous study by a group from Aalst in Belgium, uh, from uh, Dr. Natales, who did FFR in the acute phase of, um, uh, of, an, um, of, of MI patients and repeated that FFR measurement a month later. Mm -hmm. And he found out in 130 FFR measurements in uh, acute MI patients that he had very concordant results, that there was a high correlation and only in two cases uh, there was the discordancy between mm -hmm. at, at the index procedure, at the acute MI and at one month. So, so the FFR seems to be still reliable, and um, maybe in, the, in all those years from frame count, Timmy frame count to yeah. now, maybe we also are entering now to patients in a more, much more acute f fashion. And for instance, our in our trial, 
Um, more than 75% came within six hours, so mm -hmm. maybe that could help. That that there was not yet much that much edema and, and microcirculation right. micro right. um, uh, influenced, mm -hmm. and that much. And of course, we gave nitroglycerin before. We, we we give uh, we do an FFR measurement anyhow, and we try to induce hyperemia by yeah, giving. Doing, I was looking at basal flow. You're looking at hyperemic flow. Yeah, Very exactly. Yes. Yeah, yeah. As well. So that could also, I think, maybe account for why FFR in the acute setting of an MI is still a valuable and um, and reliable mm -hmm. measurement. Mm -hmm. yeah. Did uh, did you see much in a way of thrombus or lesion complexity in the uninvolved arteries, or is it just that the stenosis is severe enough to restrict flow? Is it a complex lesion or just a stenotic lesion? It could be any lesion. It could mm -hmm. be. It could be. At least it had to be a lesion of fifty percent or more by eyeballing mm -hmm. and and suitable for. PCI by the operator. Mm -hmm. That was the, that were the inclusion criteria. And why? So we fixed the STEMI artery. You know, we've restored flow. Tell me the pathophysiologic reason why we need to improve flow in an open artery uh, in the uninvolved territory. Ah. Um, well, you, you, you fixed the infarct artery, of course, right. and that, well, if that was done um, um, uncomplicated and, and successfully, then um, one should direct uh, in within our trial towards the non-infarct arteries and uh, measure by FFR whether those lesions were um, yeah, uh, hemodynamically significant or not, whether they were flow-limiting or not. Yeah. And, um, and why should we do this? Because I guess um, we, we don't know what, what, whether this, that disease is an innocent bystander disease or whether they, they may be uh, prone to um, more uh, giving more complications during the follow-up. Um, and FFR is one measurement, or one, is one way of looking at it mm -hmm. um, um, in a physiological, physiological way. I think that's a very attractive way and, um, and it seems to help in this case. So, do you feel the issue is resolved at this point? Should we be doing complete revask uh, in STEMI, or do we need more data? Um, I think our result um, showed that if you do it ever guided, you treat the lesions um, which are justified to, to treat, and you defer uh, lesions that don't need to be treated. And in our subgroup analysis, we show it's also in the unit in a journal paper that those lesions that we deferred were, have an excellent outcome. Mm -hmm. So an FFR negative lesion uh, um, in, uh, has an excellent outcome. It has a similar outcome as a treated lesion mm -hmm. um, by, uh, by FFR. Mm -hmm. So um, I guess FFR is a very helpful tool. And what's coming down the pike? Is there another large look at this question? Mm -hmm. Um, yes, well, of course, we, uh, our endpoint was a composite of, of um, uh, all cause deaths, myocardial infarction, recurrent revascularization, and cerebrovascular mm -hmm. events. Um, our study was not powered for a, for a single heart endpoint like mm -hmm. a death, or cardiac mm -hmm. death, or MI. Though we saw, a, we saw a clear trend towards a lower myocardial infarction rate mm -hmm. within our trial, but it was not powered for that. So and that's the same trend that was also seen in the NANAMI study and also mm -hmm. in, the, in the culprit study and also in the PRAMI study. So I think by pooling those data in which we treat now those multivestalstimia patients more aggressively, mm -hmm. whether it's FFR-guided or by angio-guided, I think we can show that um, we will um, get a better outcome in heart endpoints. Okay, very good.
Thanks for joining us today. Excellent work. Thank you very much. And thank you for joining us here live from ACC 2017.